0: Welcome to Make Out With Him, a crushes, dating, friendship and kissing podcast hosted by love amateurs Lex Croucher and Rudian holtz We are here to give you bad advice whether you want to make out with him, her, them, everybody or nobody. This is a podcast in progress and we'll have guests in the future who aren't people
1: like us. You can send your questions to makeoutwithhim at gmail.com or use the hashtag makeoutwithhim on Twitter or you can
0: tweet at makeoutwithhim. If possible, please include pronouns and the name you'd like us to call you or just anonymous.
1: You may have noticed... That the audio quality is different. There's a different vibe in the room today. It's changed. It's changed. There's no lag. It's
0: very odd. Something's changed. What is it, Rosyanna? We're in person in meat space. We're in what? Meat space? In meat space. In the space full of meat? It's the. It's what IRL is called. The Meat internet... space? Yes. I can't remember. It's like a... Someone on the internet invented it. It's like a Sure dark... It's like a Joss Whedon thing. It's a horrible space full of... Meat.
1: Look it up. don't
0: look it up <laughs> Damn
1: it. anyway we are together in person and the audio is probably very bad because we are using my microphone which is beautifully phallic but not um necessarily the best quality and we're also in my kitchen which is a echoey
0: b fridge c a meat free space in fact a meat free space and a flat full of vegetarians so the anti-meat space yeah um how are you <laughs>
1: How am I? Sitting How you? Right, I'm sitting right in front of you. How do you think I am? Wonderful. Fleshy. I'm sweaty. Yeah, we're both kind of sweaty. It's a very humid, rainy day here in London town.
0: We just um, had a Nando's. It was delightful. The most, one of the most delightful, I'd say top five Nando's of all time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. That's a bold, it's a bold claim. I had a great Nando's the other day because they were like, hey, you want to use your rewards? And I was like, sure. And they were like, that's one pound then please. What? I know. That's I had a great. one pound nando, so that was my... I don't even care about you being here.
0: Sometimes they try and give me a chicken.
1: Yeah. And I'm like,
0: I don't want a chicken. What's well, the chicken. chicken equivalent of a chicken?
1: Yeah, I don't want...
0: <laughs> They're like, do you want two pitters?
1: The meat space. I don't want meat in my space. The space yeah. between my jaws, which is
0: mm. my mouth hole. <laughs> this is great. It works great with the phallic podcast Yeah, big microphone phallic well. microphone.
1: You also might just occasionally hear us drinking gin and tonic, which we are together. Cheers. <laughs> Ooh, i saw the audio peak the audio peaked. wait let's cheers further away cheers my cat likes to sit outside the kitchen and cry when i when she knows i'm in here she's like i can hear you having fun in there i want to be a part Without of that to me yeah although usually having fun i'm cooking which she wouldn't find fun even though she always tries to eat my pasta sauce um anyway so basically the audio is going to be bad but what's new because my audio is always terrible i'm very bad at podcast
0: i think it's just a nice return to the nostalgic days of your aka episode one (laughs) (laughs) or
1: like the golden years of youtube when everyone was recording on like a potato essentially
0: i love those years yeah it was such a good time i just always want to like make webcam videos now but then i'm like oh (sighs) yeah i want to be edgy i want to be edgy but bring it back i want to bring back youtube to the days when it was accessible to literally everyone or not really everyone at all it was very accessible to a very small amount of people the people who went to webcam
1: yeah, I think I found it really funny uh, I was saying this earlier about how Everyone's like, everyone has a podcast now Podcasts are like YouTube And to be fair, I have said multiple times I feel like recording a podcast is like The old days of YouTube, yeah. that's what it feels like to me And then, now there's PodCon PodCon, yeah, PodCon just launched yeah. Today, was it? Or yes, I it think it was today, I saw Travis McElroy Tweet about it mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait, but it's with Hank And it's PodCon So now, basically, podcasts are YouTube So what are we going to move on to next? What's the next thing? Because podcasts aren't cool anymore. Virtual
0: reality. I have a friend who does porn and she's actually been doing virtual reality porn for a while now. Hold up. (laughs) You have a friend who does porn? Why am I not friends with that friend? I'm sure you could be friends with her.
1: That's all I want.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, she does porn and she's been like making, you know, cornering the market on virtual reality porn for a while now. And it's apparently getting big. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's getting big. It's getting engorged hard. <laughs> so maybe VR's the next the next route, but I actually don't think we've invented it yet.
1: Yeah, the next thing.
0: Or maybe all the cool teenagers are doing it. Well, whatever it, was, it is. It was visuals, then it was audio. What's smell? <laughs> <laughs> smell a vision.
1: Roseanne's in London because we're going to Greece next week. Yes. And Corfu. And also we are very behind on podcasting. So like We're recording this, which will hopefully go up this week, (laughs) and then next week we're in Greece. There's a little conundrum there, which is we're not taking technology, because we're trying not to... Basically, our podcasting is a little all over the place right now, but it will return to being regular and great at some point.
0: Yeah, but then it means I'm not going to be here anymore, and it's going to be bullshit.
1: It will be bullshit, but... I, you know, all I care about is podcast content. I don't care about the pleasure of your company unless it makes good content.
0: I agree with that, actually.
1: Yeah, I have no time for you as a person, but as a podcasting partner, fine.
0: You'll make time.
1: I'll make time as long as I get good, sweet content out of it. Uh, We've launched our Patreon. Have we? Well, by the time you guys hear this, we'll have launched our Patreon. Do do you have any perks? No. The perk is the pleasure of us. Supporting
0: us. making it go online (laughs) there's
1: only there's only one perk it's the one dollar perk i think yeah yeah and we'll come up with some fun things for one dollar people
0: but basically if you do have a dollar give it to us thank you and please the the money will basically go towards us paying the uh, soundcloud pro fees which soundcloud puts a limit on how much you can upload um of yourself And uh, you have to pay for more. It's not like a nice open platform like YouTube. It's like a semi-open platform. It's like the door is half open. Yeah. and You've got to squeeze through it.
1: Yeah, it's not like we're just putting up Patreon where we're like, pay me some money and I'll maybe make some content. Maybe it'll pay my bills. Maybe I'll buy myself a bag. We're like, which obviously is how I used Patreon before. (laughs) And... (laughs) Um, it's a real thing. This is real. We're not buying a Birkin bag. Yeah, we're not buying a Birkin bag with this money. Um, we actually need it just to make the podcast happen.
0: Now I think we sound a bit desperate.
1: I always sound desperate.
0: Please give us the money. <laughs> give,
1: us the money. Give, us the money. give us the money. Is this sexy? Is it ASMR or is it upsetting? Give us the money. Okay, I think we're done with that now. <laughs> should
0: we move on to the question segment of our question podcast? Yes,
1: but first go to patreon.com forward slash out with him and make out with our
0: wallets please and thank you Um, alright let's do some questions some questions the first question comes from Percy Weasley who says dear Rosiana and Lex I just wanted to say that I'm loving the podcast so far oh thank you I do also have a question for you. I fancy my best friend's brother. He's 23, I'm turning 21, and she, my best friend, is 20. I've known him for around three years, but it's only recently that my interests have peaked in him. He always jokes about us dating, and asks when I'm going to take him out already. We've spoken recently without it being through his sister, just the two of us, and it's only exacerbated the not very low-key crush I have on him. I'm moving to Paris in September for year abroad studies, and I'm thinking that it's just not worth getting involved. I don't want to put myself out there to find that it was all a joke, but at the same time, I have put off dating for the last three years to prioritise my studies. I don't often develop a crush on anyone, and is life just too short? Um, too long, don't read. I fancy my best friend's brother. How can I test the waters to see if this feeling is mutual, and if it would therefore be worthwhile inviting him on a date? Love from Percy. Love from Percy. This is like an annoying timing
1: thing, because you are going away in September. For a year. For a year, and like... I've been in this situation before where I've been dating someone who I knew was going to move away mm-hmm. and it's just like a strange thing where it feels like you can't progress in a thing and if you do really like... Like, I quite liked this guy and we were seeing each other for quite a while but I knew he was moving away and it just became this thing that was like was upsetting me all the time but there's nothing I could do about it because I always knew that was the plan. Like, yeah. if, if you think that it could be a real thing, basically what I'm saying is you've missed the boat, go back in time. That's helpful, right?
0: That's very helpful advice. Yeah, it's kind of like you bought a cauliflower and then you waited too long to eat it and now it's gonna No, it's the avocado. And... It's, it's like... You bought an ripe.
1: avocado when it was, wasn't ripe and then the avocado... And you waited around for it to be ripe and then by the time you wanted to eat your avocado and you checked, it was all blackened and sad. It's so
0: just really bad decision
1: making. Yeah. <laughs> if I... You know what I do? Do you put them in a paper bag with... Bananas? A banana. No, I do sometimes do that, but... I always buy, like, if I have to buy a non-ripe avocado, by the time it it goes from being... Listen, this is my relatable comedy. Hey, what's the deal with when you buy an avocado and it's rock solid and then you wait for it to be ripe and it goes from rock solid to just being dead after, like, one day?
0: Mine don't do that?
1: Well... Shut up. What's the deal? What's the deal? What's the deal? There's no crunch size that. You joke. know what
0: I hate? Like the really, when people buy really plasticky avocados that are just like, Plastic and then they try and serve them to you or even worse they try and make guacamole with them And they just it just tastes like shit. Like just don't do that. Anyway, (laughs) Percy I'm very sorry.
1: Yeah, this doesn't really relate. This isn't really a metaphor for that anymore You know what I hate your plasticky (laughs) stupid relationship that you want to have with this boy
0: You just can't bring up avocados as a casual metaphor. Yeah, I'm sorry As soon as I said the word avocado,
1: Rosianna looked at me with fear in her eyes Like what are you gonna say cuz I'm gonna
0: have some things to say. Just have some opinions. Um, my friend Rita shared a link on my Facebook wall the other week that was about all of these British people who were going to A&E with a, um, avocado injury, and it's like known as avocado hand, basically people thwack the avocado pit with their knife to get the pit out, as you do when you remove the pit from an avocado. Miss the pit, and then the knife goes into the hand, and they have avocado hand.
1: The worst thing that I saw Because this was, like, obviously a big slow news day thing. Even though no day is a slow news day right now because we have an election soon, which, ugh. Um, The worst thing that I saw was that there was a picture of somebody who had... (laughs) I was like, why are they still holding the avocado in the hospital And it was because the knife had gone all the way through the... Sorry, if you're squeamish, don't listen to the next, like, five seconds. The knife had gone all the way through the avocado and stabbed them all the way through the hand. So it went all the way through and was pinning the avocado to their hand. And it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Ever in my life. So, people are idiots. Side note, I was then demonstrating this weekend in front of my dad and my boyfriend how you're supposed to actually, like, Pit pit an avocado... And like, you know, the chef's way of like pitting it and then slicing and peeling and stuff. And when I went to do the pitting thing, I like (laughs) smacked it really hard and the pit went bouncing out. And basically I nearly sliced my hand open. I was like, (laughs) those idiots don't know how to do an avocado. Let me show you. Uh, And then just I messed it. I messed it all up. Um, anyway, Percy <laughs> Weasley. If you would get some kind of satisfaction from saying to him, like, from testing testing the waters and just having that conversation with him regardless so that you know it's mutual, like, at least then it lays the groundwork for if you come back in a year, you know what that situation is. Because it would be weird if you went away for a year, came back, and were like, okay, I still want to start this thing up, and he hadn't known that whole time. Because it's kind of good to plant the seeds in people's minds, mm. because... Like, maybe he'll think, like, well, in a year she's back.
0: You know what takes a really long time to bear fruit? Oh, God. Avocado trees Oh, my God. (laughs) Avocado trees take, like, nine years to make good quality avocados. Um, And that's exactly (laughs) what you should be thinking about. But also, like, you don't... You can date without it. I know it's a tricky situation when it's, like, your best friend as well and you don't want to mess anyone around, obviously. But, like, you can date without it having to be set in stone that it's gonna be exclusive. So you can like make out with some baguettes.
1: The thing is, Paris is also- I uh, assume that you live in the US, cause I was gonna say that if it's Paris and you live in London- No, but she says fancy. She says fancy. Does
0: she use any U's?
1: Okay, we're now gonna go through Prioritise with an S,
0: she's British. Wait. Or Australian, or Canadian.
1: We're trying to do that like thing where you go, you like a handwriting expert, where you work out mm. it, that someone had a knee injury 10 years ago by looking at their handwriting, but we're trying to work out what country you're from. I think that if you're from London or like the UK, then that's fine, you can date someone who's in Paris. That's like one train ride away, it's nothing. Yeah. If you live in the US, that's a little bit different and difficult. You
0: um, could take a train, but it would be through Russia, and it would not be helpful. <laughs>
1: Don't, don't take the love train through Russia. That's the title of our podcast. Hey, <laughs> nailed it. Oh my God, my leg it's going to be When you were a kid, was pins and needles fun? Because I remember it being like a low-key thing where I was like, oh, I have pins and needles, how funny. As an adult, I'm like, tear my leg off. I don't want it anymore. Like, yeah.
0: pins and needles are the worst. It used to be like a funny thing, like, ha oh, ha, what's happening? Yeah, I think I used to find it
1: fun, and now I'm just horrified. And like, I... If I have pins and needles, like, my day's ruined.
0: I wonder if it gets more intense when you're older.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Percy. Oh, the other thing is, um, like, with your best friend, as it is your best friend's brother, I feel like you do have to have a conversation with her about, like, whether that's okay. Because if she's your best friend, she deserves that conversation, and if she was, like, super uncomfortable with it, then you should take that on board, I think. I don't think she will be, because I think, ultimately, people just want other people to be happy. And even if their initial response is like, oh, that's weird, it's my brother, then, like, I don't know what that voice was. (laughs) I loved it. I think eventually people come around to the fact that, like, actually they just want the best for the people they love and care about. So I think you should have that conversation with her as well.
0: Um, And also, she might have intel. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is, you you said you don't want to put yourself out there to find that it was all a joke. I would say that in any situation you're always going to have that little bit of doubt in your mind, I think, most of the time, like, oh, but maybe I was just inventing all of this. Mm. I think the only way you can find out is by going for it and mm. having a conversation and sending a flirty text.
1: Most More often than not, this isn't always true, but when people flirt with you regularly and make jokes about dating you, mm. the jokes are often based in some kind of truth.
0: It's funny when I think about it, how much of it is kind of rooted in primary school playground games. Like so much of it is like expressing affection through different like silly games. I don't know. Humans are so weird. Playing weird games. No, I don't like it. They're such
1: little monkeys. It is horrifying, the idea that, like, I if I ever have a daughter, I don't want to be saying, like, oh, he's only mean to you because he likes you, and, and like, he only picks on you in the playground because he fancies you, because it's like, that's horrible behavior for, like, because yeah. that was always a thing. It was like, boys are mean to you if they like you, and it's like, that's not a thing we should be teaching people. Like, and
0: sometimes they're just mean, and, like, people are trying to make you feel better, so yeah, by true. making you feel better, they're like, not to say this happened to you, of course all the boys are picking you <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was going to say, too. screw you, Rosianna, all the boys had a
0: crush on me. Not definitely not. I'll put a
1: picture of me as a 11 year old on the Patreon,
0: <laughs> so people can assess. So whether or... can
1: assess whether or not I was a hot 11 year old. Wait, I take it all back. Oh I'm not going to do that. Oh god. Anyway, sorry Percy about stuff, but have fun in Paris. That sounds fun. Eat some baguettes. Eat some baguettes. And by that we and mean also some dick. bread. Yeah. <laughs> I've just gone onto our email account so that we can. Uh, fetch an update because somebody actually updated us on a situation where we'd answered their question and they told us what the outcome was and then they asked us a follow up question. so I wanted to find out their response originally and we just saw that people have already been pledging dollars on our Patreon so thank you very much to those people who are Sinov? Sinov? Sorry if we said your name wrong Um, Bianca? Bianca! Sorry that was a 10 things I hate about you reference which Bianca's probably sick of. Andrew? And Hannah and Samuel, thank you so much for pledging and making our dreams come true. Jess sent us a question that was about the guy she liked in one of her classes and she wasn't sure if he really liked her or if she was just like romanticizing him and she wanted to ask him out, Um, and we advised her to just go for it and pursue that and make a move. And she gave us an update, (laughs) which was that um, they talked about an assignment Oh, the fridge is off. Oh my god, quickly, do a whole podcast. Then she texted him and asked him if he wanted to go to a poetry evening with him. And he was like, yeah, cool, I'm going to bring some friends. So then they all went to the poetry evening together with some friends. There was a girl there. Basically, it turned out that girl was his girlfriend.
0: Yeah. So... (laughs) Yeah, she said... He said that he's not a big fan of poetry, but his girlfriend really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, which is like a gut-punching text to receive when you're following up on what you thought was maybe the start of a beautiful relationship. So we're really sorry that that happened, Jess, but we're glad you put yourself out there. We're
0: really proud of you, Jess. Yeah, we're very
1: proud of you that you did this. And I enjoy the fact that you said, he has a hecking girlfriend because that's exactly the kind of thing that i would say jess had a follow-up question which was how do i know if someone was flirting with me because i keep mistaking kindness for someone showing romantic interest and every time i've been wrong as evidenced by my story movies and books make it seem like it's light-hearted teasing
0: and making jokes is everything i know about flirting wrong well this is this segues very nicely from our teasing situation because i think there are all these expectations of what, te- of what like flirting and teasing and so on is supposed to mean and to some degree, I feel like we're all just acting it out and we're all just kind of copying what we see in films and TV. Yeah. It's it like that bit in Never Let Me Go when all of the couples are doing what they see on TV and it's really creepy, like she's putting her hands on her... Did you read or watch Never Let Me Go? Yeah, I, I did both. Yeah, and they're like watching that show and then one of the girls yes. who she grew up with like puts her hands on her shoulders or like does a strange kind of laugh or something like that. I mean, to some degree, we're all kind of doing that. We're all performing. We're all performing. For me, it's
1: always a, like working it out early. And this is just part of, I always say stuff like this, but like, I just, I have to know what's going on. I can't let things, I can't let it linger. Like the Cranberries say do you have to let it linger? No, the cram reason, right. You don't. I always have to establish whether or not a thing is a thing early on because I don't want to build it up to something in my head that it's not. And I would rather just be blunt and be like, hey, I kind of like, Let's go for a drink. I don't think you can ever tell is the answer to your question, basically. I don't think there's any surefire way of knowing whether or not someone's flirting with you. The only thing that you can do is like, you can take the power back in that situation by being active and like directly asking or indirectly asking in a way that's kind of directly asking
0: yeah and i think that the idea that yeah there's a wrong way to do it or the things you know about flirting are wrong i I don't think that's true i just think we're all just such a mess and we're all just trying to do this messy thing together um oh shit i just got a text from my therapist (laughs) like i
1: hope you're on your way to our session Nope, (laughs) I thought our session was on Wednesday I'm having therapy of sorts On this podcast That's an expensive mistake I've
0: just made I'm just going
1: to text my therapist back
0: Give us a second
1: Fuck.
0: What were you saying? What was I saying? Oh, okay, so I think it's really hard when also you get, like, excited about a situation or, like, the prospect of a situation, or you also write into your favourite podcast and they egg you on in the situation. Yeah, that's awful. Um, Sorry. Um, And then you kind of hone in on this one person, and it almost feels like this person embodies all your future prospects in some way, or even at least for, like, the short term. Yeah. Um, And you sort of, like, it stops being... It just feels like, oh, another person in this long line of people. It's literally everyone. I mean, there's like 7 billion people in this world. It's quite a lot of people. Yeah, you're going to be able to fuck plenty of them. Yeah. Or, you know. Or not. Or not. Whatever you you want to (laughs) do. Whatever level you'd like to do with them, you can.
1: At least 3 million, I think is my goal i
0: mean that that
1: feeling of like okay
0: that feeling of it like just going on and on and on like oh it's another person i've messed up again like we're all growing up we're all learning and we're also never all gonna know everything about it because we're such messy abundant humans
1: yeah i agree sorry i'm just silently (laughs) reliving my mistake over and over again where my therapist has been sitting there for 10 minutes waiting for me and i'm not coming I'm not coming to that session.
0: And how does that make you feel? <laughs> Makes me feel bad.
1: <laughs> I feel like a bad lady. And I wanted some good therapy. Jess, we're sorry it didn't work out for you. Don't give up on love, life, or sleeping with three million people. It's still all within your grasp. Rosianna just looks at me with these eyes like, that's not the takeaway from this question.
0: I don't know. It's not a terrible takeaway, though.
1: Yeah, just don't stop believing Hold on to that feeling, and things will be okay. Keep trying.
0: We will rock you.
1: We will rock you. <laughs> and we will we will rock you.
0: Let's do another question. I have another question. <laughs> this question is from Annie, who says, Hi, Rosianna and Lex. As someone who has a mental illness, generalised anxiety, I find that often it can have an impact on the way I interact with my partner. My partner is really understanding. She is very helpful. But I know this is not the case for some people. Considering you both have been quite open about your experience with mental illness, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the topic. How would you suggest someone breach the topic to a new partner? Till we meet again, Annie. I
1: feel like I've experienced both sides of this question. And I don't... Uh, like, I'm obviously not going to talk about, like, the other person in a relationship that I've been in because it's not fair to them that they become podcast fodder. Um, but I can speak more generally about it because i definitely have had my anxiety impact on relationships i kind of need reassuring a lot of the time like i my brain is very quick to go to an anxious place especially when it comes to romantic relationships like i was literally saying to rosianna in nando's earlier today that i have always associated relationships with anxiety and like being in a relationship for me is an anxious thing. It's not like that for me currently, which is really nice. Um, But it's definitely massively impacted on my relationships before because it means that I needed that kind of extra, I needed to feel like I was constantly being validated in that relationship. Although actually in retrospect, it kind of speaks more to the relationships that I was in. Um, But I've also been on the other side of it and I have been with somebody, I've been with multiple people who've had different mental illnesses. and when you're dating somebody who is struggling with any kind of mental health problem that makes it difficult for them to relate to you and makes, makes it difficult for them to kind of be a partner to you, I think probably the most important thing is communication, even though that can obviously become a difficult thing as part of like whatever mental health problem you're experiencing, any communication that you can give, like will be gratefully received, I'm sure. From both sides, like being aware of what the person who's experiencing mental health problems needs in the moments when they're having their worst times or like, you know, just, yeah, anytime they're going through a rough patch. If you can establish um, Mm. the ways that people need you to behave in that situation, it's really helpful. And it can also be helpful for the person who is maybe like the person who's not going through that particular mental health problem um, to know what the boundaries are in those situations and know exactly what you need from them in that situation. Um, cause yeah, I've definitely felt like shut out by people before and experienced that side of things. But when there's good communication, you understand why it's happening and you don't feel like it's a reflection of your relationship. You understand it's about that mental health problem.
0: Wow, this is a really tough question. That was a really good answer, though. Mm. (laughs) No, it was. It was really good. I think that the point about boundaries is really important, both in um, romantic relationships and even, like, friendships and so on. For such a long time, I felt really embarrassed and um, reluctant to talk about the boundaries that I have because I felt like they're very silly. and And that's part of, like, yourself struggling with what you're figuring out and managing your own mental health because... I think we all, or many of us who struggle with mental illness, have a tendency to minimise it while also giving yourself shame for it. And what's worse is when someone else kind of piles onto that and says, well, that's really silly and you're being silly. Um, So for me, it's been really important over recent years to be really upfront about, you know, certain things that you can and can't say to me or around me, certain topics that I'm not comfortable discussing um, and things that, like, are helpful and unhelpful. And especially if I'm in, like, a good mindset, things like, okay, if I'm... to to explain if I'm struggling at this moment or if I'm going to go through something here's what you can say to me that's helpful like don't say don't worry (laughs) don't say like you know like you're being silly or anything like that like here are some phrases you can say that are helpful and it's just I think I've become able to be more pragmatic and practical about it and more direct about it but also that's kind of correlated with my own understanding of my own mental health so really all of that and and all of the interaction has started with me taking accountability and responsibility for managing my mental health where possible, which is obviously easier in some patches than others, and also easier in some parts of the world than others, and um, some like financial situations and so on um, too. So I don't know, it's not an easy thing by any means, but the nice thing is that as conversations have become more open about mental health, I feel like people are slightly, have slightly more like background knowledge of what it might be. And a lot of that might come with misconceptions um about what it involves like i certainly find that with eating disorders like there's loads of misconceptions about what an eating disorder looks like and like who has one and so on um, and it, i think it's just kind of unfortunately in a lot of instances you kind of have to become the educator um, but it's just the extent to which you're comfortable having those conversations um i think they are really valuable and the earlier you have them i think they really pay off and if someone's not willing to respect the boundaries that you've drawn and not willing to like, even if they mess up and sometimes people do mess up with that stuff if they're not willing to like sit and understand and process what they did that made you feel really uncomfortable or really anxious or so on, um, then they're frankly not, it's not going to work it, it has to be two people coming together in this thing, and it's hard because it feels very personal and you feel, it can be very um, revealing to talk about that stuff with someone, especially someone that you're like becoming intimate with in any way, um, but I think it's worthwhile too. I don't know.
1: It's hard. (laughs) It is hard. When you're saying like you want to know how to be emotionally available when you're going through a rough patch, I think um, kind of part of what we were saying before as well about like boundaries and communication, like if there are some ways that are kind of off limits to you when you're in that situation but there might be other ways that you can demonstrate affection that feel more accessible to you in that time, um and if your partner knows what those are then it can be like okay maybe at this time i can't express with words how i feel about you or maybe at this time i can't express physically how i feel about you however like when i do this thing when i say this thing that is me expressing those feelings to you in a way that i can do at that time because i think yeah there you can find other ways of expressing affection that feel more like, manageable and feel like a thing you can do in that time that's not going to drain you, but is also going to show to that person that you are still you're still feeling all those same feelings, but right now you're just going through something that means that you can't express it in the way that you would like to. I hope we've answered this question in some way. I feel like we've done some answers. It's actually done quite... quite I have to say, now that we've done our serious bit and tried to be helpful... I saw a post on Facebook today in which someone was wishing someone a happy birthday, and they said in the beginning of that post, basically you you said coming together in your answer to that question. Like you said at one point you said coming together. And in this Facebook post, someone had said, like, happy birthday, and thank you to your parents for coming together to create you. <laughs> and I just laughed at myself quietly for about five minutes. Our next question comes from Chloe, and she says, Dear Rosianna and Lex, thank you for signing this podcast. It brings me joy. Sorry, I just like to keep the compliments in. Um, This morning you kept me company while I baked some raisin bran muffins. Oh my gosh, that sounds delicious right now. She says it sounds better than it... They're better than they sound. And if they sound delicious, that means they're... Delicious plus. Delicious extra. My question for you is... I'm about to start living with my partner of one year and I wondered if you had any advice when you move in with a significant other. We're both 22. He has a proper job. I'm still in university. We've been seeing each other only on weekends since August. Now we see each other every day. He's not very good at providing the emotional support I need during the week because he has been brought up as a man who doesn't know how to care or consider my feelings very well and his mentally exhausted after work. I'm trying to be understanding but it's hard when I'm also sad and tired and just want to cuddle. I would like advice or wisdom from your two intelligent beauties.
0: I hope you're having a lovely day. Love, Chloe. You were also talking about moving in with people at Nando's. Yeah, like about the. We were talking about moving in
1: with random people at Nando's. Just we're like, would you move in with that guy at the next table? Would I you move mean... in with her? Um, so this is two questions. One is advice when you move in with someone, and the other one is um, how men and women are brought up differently and uh, taught to provide different levels of emotional support. In in terms of the moving in with boyfriends thing, neither of us have ever moved in with a partner, ever. No. I'm not married. I can't cohabit with a gentleman. I have to be escorted everywhere. Wait, escorted is the wrong Chaperoned. word. Yeah, escorted is like, I paid for an escort. Chaperoned is, your aunt's there. Your maiden aunt, who never got married. Poor old aunt Willis, who is 35 and over the hill. She cannot be married now. She's too old. She's damaged. She's Damaged goods. Damaged goods. She had a lover once. He jilted her. Who is this fictional Aunt Willis? I feel she so bad for her now. <laughs> terrible for Aunt Willis. I watched all of Anne with an E on Netflix recently, so I'm in a very, like...
0: Is that Anne of Green Gables?
1: It's Anne of Green Gables, but it's the gritty Netflix reboot.
0: Anyway. Have you seen Girlboss?
1: I started to watch it, it but so it was so bad. uncomfortable. Anyway, so I going.
0: The thing is, though, I
1: the de- Source material also... I didn't. I have it issues I with that, I too. I have issues with them. But, like, Girlboss, the TV show... I at least like the fact that they made the main character really unlikable because I feel like in the book she also came across as very unlikable. I feel mean because she's a real person, but like she did come across as very unlikable. Anyway. Yeah, we've never lived with anyone else. We've never lived with anyone else and... You could have it with a cat. I could have it with a cat. So my advice to you based on cat with a cat is have your boundaries. Like don't let him sleep on your chest. What? I mean I guess he can if he wants to. Your cat sleeps on your chest. My cat sleeps on my chest, but I shouldn't let her. Don't let like he shouldn't poop in front of you, because i will spoil the magic, because it's certainly spoiled the magic between me and my cat. Um there's no mystery anymore. I know what it looks like when she poops. She looks me directly in the eyes as she poops, it's very uncomfortable. Don't, don't vindictive poop. Don't like. do the yeah, don't let him angry poop while he just glares at you while he poops. Um <laughs> She, yeah, he's, she's pooped on the rug before because she's, like, mad at me. So if he poops on the rug, that's strike one. Maybe it's all three strikes, actually, if he poops on the rug. <laughs> um, certainly hope so. <laughs> I don't know. What are their circumstances? What if he ate a funny whelk? My advice, as somebody who has no experience on the matter, is set clear boundaries, set clear roles in terms of housework. And make sure you spend time apart, but also make sure you make proper time for each other like you did when you didn't live together.
0: My advice is much like living with housemates, make a new account that doesn't have any of your individual names on it. Have like a joint, separate account, like a business account or something, and pay the bills from there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And also. That's it. The other thing you were asking about was, yeah, the kind of emotional support he's been brought up as a man. God, I've been having so many conversations like with people about toxic masculinity because it's so messed up. It's so toxic. Like, it's so toxic. That's why they call it toxic masculinity. Yeah. That's where the name comes from. I often feel, I don't know if you feel this as well, Rosianna, but I often feel like it's so funny when we watch ourselves play out these stereotypes that we know are like conditioned gendered behavior and you fuck was that sound that came from outside it's so weird watching all of that play out because it feels too obvious it feels like we should all be going well obviously we feel this way because we've been conditioned to feel this way and we should be able to break out from those patterns but it still happens all the time like it's this insidious thing where even if you're really aware and you know that that's like a conditioned gender role you can't help but play it out because that's how you were brought up And it's just really strange and difficult. Unfortunately, it's a compromise on both ends because you said that he's exhausted after work and his coping method for being exhausted after work might be, yeah, like kind of shutting down a bit and not wanting to talk and not wanting to cuddle. Yeah, maybe from both sides, you have to kind of have your expectations meet in the middle. So like maybe you can have a five second cuddle.
0: Or maybe there's a way, there's something you can both do that's like really not taxing in the evening, like a puzzle or like like something that you can work on. I'm sorry,
1: a puzzle is very taxing. I have a story about a puzzle, which is a very short story, which is that somebody on one of the cat groups that I'm in posted the fact that their, their housemate was doing like a 10,000 piece puzzle, probably not 10,000, and they left it out and the cat thought it was a litter tray and... <laughs> And peed in the puzzle because obviously a cat sees like a box with stuff in it and is like, well, I'm going to pee in that. <laughs> oh, no. And so the cat peed in the puzzle and it was really funny. Oh, no. And the cat was just like, what? She was like annoyed at the cat. And the cat was like, well, obviously that was for my pee. That's my pee holder. Anyway, um continue
0: but no like okay so if it's not a puzzle then maybe there's like a nice game of Mario Kart that you could be playing in the evening or it's like there's something that you like you both enjoy that isn't taxing or even like one day a week I don't know you I think you just need like a mutual activity that demonstrates that you still have affection for each other even if like one of you is really exhausted and one of you's like having a really rubbish day like maybe more than the cuddle sometimes you do need a cuddle but sometimes what you also need is just someone to be like I- I'm struggling, but I also see that you're retired too. Yeah. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but
1: I... We have done a whole seven episodes. This is our seventh episode. Lucky number seven. The number of Harry Potter books. In this episode, Voldemort dies. I read about this thing, which is kind of an obvious thing, but didn't feel obvious to me, which is that you should um, have different emotional relationships with different people in your life. And you should, like rely on different people for different things. And I feel like when I'm in a romantic relationship, I often put all the expectation on that person to be supportive to me in like times of need and stuff. Or like I have done in the past, but recently I've been thinking like, actually you can kind of have different people that you go to for different things and it takes the pressure off Like, you know, the romantic relationship, it means that your partner doesn't have to be the person that, um, like obviously you want to be able to talk to them about things that are bothering you and share things with them, but they don't always have to be the person that you go to. The idea is that you can have like, you know, make it so that it's your friends or your family or other people that you go to with specific things. Like when you're feeling a certain way and they can provide that emotional support to you. And it just means that that person isn't kind of being like overwhelmed maybe by all of the stuff that goes on in your life that you know maybe is difficult for you i, I don't know I, I don't think i'm explaining it very no, well you are.
0: it's like a trillion a pyramid you have you can have one person <laughs> you can have one person holding someone and that you know they can do it and they're capable of doing it, but their arms are going to get tired sooner than if you distribute that weight over more people like, and you can swap things around and figure out what's the best configuration. And eventually you'll have the best darn pyramid that the Rancho Cane Doros have ever seen. Um. On that note, Chloe.
1: On that note, Chloe, we hope we've helped in some small way as people who've never lived with anyone and don't know what they're talking about. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Compromise and spreading your emotions about, like, Nutella, which is actually pronounced Nutella, but I refuse to do it that way. Who the fuck says it like that? People do because it's the real one.
0: But I, I don't hate them. <laughs> but I
1: hate them. I hate I them for being right. I
0: don't hate them. I just don't like them. them. <laughs> so if you say new teller, you're dead to Rosianna. Our final question of the day comes from Runa Waslib, who says What's up, witches? How do you deal with the constant fear of being pregnant? Every time I'm a little bloated, I convince myself I'm secretly with child. It's an issue. Your good pal, Runa Waslib. P.S. Me and my dog enjoy your podcast on walks. Keep it up. We only make this podcast for dogs, so... Podcast for
1: dogs. I'm really happy that dogs are enjoying it, because that was my primary goal with this podcast. Um,
0: these I think I'm pregnant all the time when I haven't had sex for a while. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's obviously the immaculate conception. Yeah. I always used to think
1: that. When I was, like, a teen, like, before I'd even had sex ever, I was like, well, I guess I'm pregnant. I guess it's one of those things where it jumped up from the toilet seat all, yeah. that, all that toilet seat sperm hot, top, that's not really top a, a real thing um, I let me tell you how I deal with the constant fear of being pregnant I have done this thing for a long time even when I'm like not in a relationship I always have pregnancy tests in my drawer if you are a person who like is at risk of not at risk that sounds awful <laughs> if you if you are a person who can become pregnant and that's not a thing you want Necessarily, or that's not a thing you're sure you want, I would really recommend having pregnancy tests around because I, when I was like a teenager, especially, or when I was like in university, if I ever had the slightest suspicion that I was pregnant, I would freak out, I'd be so anxious about it, and I would um, then do that thing where you, to make it not real, you don't, you know, you don't act on it. And that would mean that sometimes I'd be like, well, my period is late and I'm in a relationship, but I'm not gonna do anything about that because it's too scary to face the fact that it could be real. And that's awful because you just build up all this anxiety and sadness and you like feel like going to a shop to buy a pregnancy test would be like awful because you'd be admitting that it's actually happening. And the solution for me was to always have pregnancy tests around. And I still do that to this day. I always have pregnancy tests around because it just means that if you ever have that slightest suspicion, you can take one and you can find out. And it doesn't have to be this horrible thing where there's this like transaction that makes it real. You just have them and it's a casual thing and you get used to taking them. Because I'm a really anxious person. and I'm all, and, a lot. Yeah, I've taken a lot of pregnancy tests. I have never been pregnant. Maybe as I'm saying this, this is making me sound like a very weird and extreme person, which I am. But it really helps with the anxiety because you can just like rule it out.
0: No, I think it's a really good situation. It's kind of a version of what I've been doing ever since I first had sex, which was writing out a plan. I've like always had a plan written down. Like, so what would what would I do if I actually found out that I was pregnant? Planning it out, even though it sounds very high stress. Now that I've Wow, it. it's really stressing having me it, out. I'm having, pouring gin as I listen to
1: this. Listen, this is the gin Having it written sound. down
0: for some reason is really calming to me because I'm like, even if this thing happens that I don't want in my life, at least not right now. Then I have a plan for it. The other thing I will say is that we don't talk enough about how people's bodies change as we get older Mm. and the amount of like strange, not even strange, like very normal bloating and like water weight that happens and like how your body just changes in all sorts of different ways, especially as you get into your 20s and your hormones are doing all sorts of shit. Um, And I feel like the lack of education there makes people freak out about everything. Like irregular periods continuing sometimes and like sometimes there's signs of other things like polycystic ovaries and so on. But like there's this whole kind of strange mystery around what happens to um, a person's body even after puberty. And I feel like that is where a lot of the like strange fear comes in.
1: I genuinely didn't think think about the fact that your body changes in your 20s until it started changing and I was like what the hell no one like told me about this part because you like oh yeah you in your head you imagine the stages are like you're a kid and then you go through puberty and then you have a kind of like teenage body and then the next stage in my mind was like when I'm in my 30s maybe I'll get some wrinkles and things will start to change you don't think about all the stages in between like My boobs are very different now than they were, like, just, just, I'm going to get real close to the microphone. My boobs are very different now than they were, like, five years ago. They really are, though. That was just, wasn't a thing that I expected would happen. And it's not a thing that anyone else would notice, but I notice it because I was so used to this particular body that I had for a certain amount of time. And, yeah, it has changed a lot in my 20s. And, yeah, I agree. Like, you just, you don't expect it to happen. You don't really talk about it. But... Things change.
0: It was funny because I remember when someone started explaining this to me, a friend who was like a few years older than me, and she was explaining it to me in terms of like a second puberty, that you have like essentially a second puberty in your 20s. That's at least what it feels like at some points. Because it feels like you should be done. You're like Pete the pizza tracker. Like you should, you're fully cooked. You're ready to be delivered. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like the pizza tracker. Yeah, you're like the pizza tracker. But On the pizza actually, Tracker. On the, the pe- pizza tracker has like a mini Pete the pizza tracker inside.
1: <laughs> the pizza tracker that goes like... Body hair.
0: (laughs) Quality control. Quality control.
1: (laughs) Bodies are weird and...
0: They do gloopy things.
1: They do gloopy, gloopy things.
0: Sometimes immaculate conception happens.
1: But it actually doesn't and you're fine. Don't worry about it, but just make sure you have like... Like... You know, either you can have Rosianna's detailed plan, which if anything stresses me out more, but you know it might work for some people, or you can have my plan, which is to always have a little stack of pregnancy tests. It's like in a the drawer. apocalypse
0: of pregnancy tests.
1: Um, this podcast is over. I declare it done. It's a fully cooked. It's a fully informed, cooked. Inform the pizza, pizza tracker. Inform the pizza tracker. It's fully cooked. Quality control. I think from quality control they're going to say, that wasn't a great podcast, but put it on the internet, because what's your other option?
0: It's like that time I was delivered a pepperoni pizza.
1: Yeah. this Listening to this podcast is like the time that they sent me a vegetarian pizza, and I bit into it, and there was ham in it, <laughs> and I spat it out, and I cried. So spit out it's our like- podcast, cry, and continue with your day.
0: It's like the time they forgot to put the pineapple on my pizza.
1: Um, it's not like that time. If you thought this was a good podcast, which I... With plenty
0: I, of pineapple. Oh my god.
1: If you thought this was a good podcast, worth giving money to, which seems, pineapple seems unlikely at this point, please be quiet. I'm gonna throw you out my flat. <laughs> um, then you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash makeoutwithhim. Thank you very much, please and thank you. You can also send us questions at makeoutwithhim at gmail.com or use the hashtag... Hashtag Make Out With Him or tweet us at Make Out With Him on the Twitter.
0: Please include your pronouns and uh, any suggested or real names for us to call you. Um I think that's it. That's all the info. That's all the deets.
1: We did it. And we're in person and we're real people.
0: We're meat on a pizza.
1: We're in the meat space. Yep. <laughs> Why does it all come back to meat? Oh. <gasps> Bye everybody. Roll the outro. If you're in the-
0: don't know what to do, then write to Lex and Rosianna and they might just answer you.